This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Well, hi. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome into the Monday President's Day edition of the Bostonian versus the book. My name is Matt Peralt alongside Dave Sherapan. And yeah, I'm back. Missed you on Friday, but Dave, Jess, the Consig family kept me company in the hospital. How are you, my friend? Good to see you. Good to see you too. Not in that. Uh... That hospital gown thing and then booty socks and all that other stuff. No, that was quite interesting. Um, really? Yeah, That's a word for know, it. We, it. It was interesting. Yeah, well, it was interesting. I mean, like I was on, uh, you know, Sports Grid and you texted me, I'm in a hospital. I was like, what? You know, and then, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I had fun Saturday hanging out, watching basketball <laughs> with you. By then, you were ornery, angry, and hungry, yeah. hungry. Every other commercial was food, and we got you out. You got out of there Saturday night. You got to recover yesterday. And like, we're doing a show today. Yes, let's go. So, well, it was funny because look, so everyone kind of wants to know, and I'll just give you the very quick Cliff Notes version as to like what happened and what, lay, what landed me in the hospital. We still don't know really what's wrong with me. Okay, just so everyone's like, what's wrong? I actually don't know right now. There's a lot of troubleshooting that's got to be done still about like what is causing me to feel weird but if you watch the end of the show on thursday yep i did i started to kind of fade and i started to i wasn't feeling good and i almost pulled the ripcord and said dave hey i gotta i need to get off the air like, like i'm yeah. not feeling great and you know i need to i don't know i, but, I mean I, we, you we, said it before we even started you hadn't yeah been feel, you didn't feel good yeah, I just I didn't. Well, I woke up feeling like, what the hell is wrong with me? Yeah, and I ended up like, I don't know, half an hour after the show was over, started kind of going like really downhill, and like just like really started to feel like I got to lay down. And I laid down, and I hadn't been eating, and so because I was fasting and I wasn't feeling well, I then woke up and I was like reading about these different things, like what to do if you're not feeling well after you're fasting. And I was like, okay, you have to, I'm probably dehydrated. So I drank a lot of water and that didn't sit well with my, <laughs> with my body. I eventually, you know, started vomiting pretty nastily and went and laid back down, thought I was going to vomit again, went back into the bathroom and I passed out pretty badly and woke up thinking I was taking a nap again, woke up with my forehead up against the the tub i was in between the toilet and the and the tub and it was all white open my eyes it's all white i'm like what is going on i was completely disoriented i had no idea where i was and i couldn't get up and i fortunately i always locked the bathroom it's kind of a weird thing i always just like lock put the door in i didn't lock the bathroom this time and my wife was able to come in and be like and it was like what is going on and i and she's like i couldn't really speak i was slurring my words i was saying all sorts of weird things she called 911. They came. My blood pressure was on the floor. It was extremely low. And they rushed me to the hospital where they did all these sorts of tests and whatnot. 
Dave, what Dave's referencing is that they decided to, to think that I had a bleed in my stomach, which I understand why they were trying to rule that out. But they asked me what color my vomit was. And I, I honestly answered it. It was black. Well, the reason why it was black is because I tried to raise my blood sugar by eating a RX bar, which is black and thick and heavy. So that's why when I puked was black. <laughs> but they heard that and initially they said, oh, he's got a bleed. And so they starved me, literally did not allow me to have solid food for over a day and a half. I had to kick and scream just to eat jello and broth. And so Dave and I are sitting here watching basketball and you realize how many advertisements for food there are during sporting events, a lot wings and chicken fingers. And I mean, pizza, Sonic, (laughs) Sonic, some some wings in the South. You saw, you're like, I want that. I want Zaxby's. Yep. I want, I I want McDonald's. I want Burger King. I want Buffalo wild wings. I want this. I want this. I went, I was just like, this is crazy. So then, It's four o'clock on Saturday. I try to sign myself out and I'm, or and I'm just, I'm, or Friday. I, I, or was it Saturday or Friday? It was Friday. Friday was the first oh, okay. time. Friday. I try to, I'm trying to sign myself out. So yeah. on Friday I, I go, I call this really six month into the job nurse. And I'm like, <laughs> I want out. Okay. I hadn't eaten since noon the next day. I'm like, You're, I'm over a day. Like they're going to hold me to tomorrow. Right. And she's like, yeah, the test is not scheduled till Saturday morning. And I'm like, how long can you guys honestly make me not eat? And she's like, it's interesting. Let me go see what's going on. Cause initially I was just on a saline drip. That's all I was on. Like no food, nothing. So then I get myself some jello and broth and it's like, I'm on a clear liquid diet now. Yeah. So Saturday morning comes they come in and they say, when was the last time you've eaten? And I'm like, what do you mean? I had a thing of jello like yesterday. She's like, okay, you weren't supposed to eat that. I'm like, what do you mean? I wasn't supposed to eat that. You gave that to me. They're like, yeah, it was supposed to be nothing because they want to do this scope test. And I'm like, where is the GI doctor? And they're like, well, she's going to come up here in a little bit. I'm like, okay. I'm like, she needs to come here soon because we're not doing this test. And she's like, what do you mean? I go, we're not doing this test. And she's like, okay, well, so the GI doctor comes in and I tell her the story about what I ate before. And she just starts like shaking her head and laughing. And she's like, how long have you not eaten? I said, Thursday at noon. And she's like, it's Saturday at one. She's like, you've gone that long without food. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't need to be here anymore. And she's like, hungry. She's like, no, you don't need to be here anymore. I'm really sorry. That shouldn't have happened. It's really just a, a, a mistake. It slipped through the cracks, whatever she said. But she was like laughing. She was like, I'm really sorry. She's like, I shouldn't be laughing, but like, that's unbelievable. I can't believe this happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, can I go home now? And she's like, yeah, on my end, I'll sign you out. We don't need to do this test. She's like, your blood work is all perfect. You don't have a bleed. You're fine. I'm like, I know I don't bleed. Let me go home. So that finally, like five, four hours later, I finally got to go home. And what did I order? Wings, cheesesteak, fries. I I like sent me I, a picture of a plate. You had everything <laughs> on it. I was like, he tried to get it all in one meal. Like he didn't even space it out. I was so hungry. I was so hungry. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never gone that long. But the funny thing is, not the funny thing, but the good thing is, is I, I go home and I'm like, let's see what I weigh. And so I was supposed to weigh on Saturday morning, a week after week later, I was supposed to weigh under 203. 
So I come home weighing 202 pounds. So I got to my fight weight. So I got to, I, I got to check off the accomplishment of getting down to the fight weight. Mm-hmm. But the bummer news is that the fight's off. So right. there is no fight coming up on Saturday. And, you know, I'll probably be the most selfish jerk of a dad if I ever decided to say I want to go fight some meaningless, stupid fight for, you know, and have something seriously happen in the ring. And my daughter doesn't have a dad <laughs> because I'm an idiot. Right. So. I did all the accomplishments. I did everything else, but it's, you know, it's on to the next project. It's on to the next thing and it sucks, but it's, you know, the universe has clearly spoken that I am not supposed to fight in these amateur fights. So at 44, I can't say the universe is wrong. It was, you know, I was trying to do something (laughs) a little crazy. Yeah. And yeah, so. I'm back, hopefully for good and not have any issues. But you, Jess, your kids, everyone, you guys, I can't believe you guys hung out as much as you did, but you made it way better for me to be in the hospital for us <laughs> hanging out, making bets and plays. And it, it was, was fun. Funny because, yeah, I mean, Saturday I came up, you know, and we're hanging out, watch the thing. And then, you know, Jess texts me and it's like, well, what are you guys doing? I said, we're sitting here watching basketball. She's like, all right, well, I'm coming up. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, this is kind of like what we do. Like, this is just one of those things. And like, I talk about all the time when I was in the hospital, I was by myself and nobody could come. Because of COVID. Nobody was allowed. And yeah, because of COVID. So I can't imagine it would have been like holding court. And then, you know, I was joking, but I wasn't like, you had a pretty nice setup in there. Yeah. You could have stayed an extra day, like, and just give me some food. I'm going to stay. And you know, watch hoops. You didn't have all the channels, but you had it all there. That guy next to you, I'll never forget him on that volume on that TV. There was a guy next to Matt that just had the TV on. He had the loudest volume possible. We could hear his stuff that Friday morning. We were listening to his TV because we didn't have yours on. Yeah. But, you know, hanging out in a hospital when you're okay, is not the worst thing in the world. And you see how like hard those people were. Yeah how how i mean you know understaffed and how many They're saints they have going on I mean, they just absolute I, saints i absolute said to the woman i said i go you guys are saints i was like i asked one that was working the overnight shift i was like you know do you like working the overnight shift and she goes yeah she's like normally it's quieter until it's not she's like it's one of the fun things about it if it was like for most most nights we're okay like some nights it's but it's not. And it goes from like zero to a thousand. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh right. my gosh, what's going on. But she's like, for the most part, nights are quiet. And then she's like, I'm a night person. So I can, I can kind of handle it. And, I, and I'm just like, how do you like, how, like, this is hard. Like I asked one of the nurses, like with that guy's TV, I was like, he'd been there for 200 days. She's like, yeah, it's become like elevator music. Now it's just kind of like the background noise to the right. entire floor. And we're just kind of used to it. And we're just not the big of a deal. But I'm like, you guys are incredible. Like you, this is your job, the beeping, all the, all the calls, like they're uh, constantly, you just constantly people pressing the button and I was doing it too. I mean, I was pressing the buttons and I, I you know, I needed different things and whatever. And I'm just like, you're an on-call, like, you know, flight attendant in a lot of ways of kind of running around asking all these people what they need. And it's never asking you what you need. It's always what the patient needs. Yep. And uh I can't imagine it. Like, uh, like we spend more than like 24 hours in a hospital. You look around, you're just like, this is your job. You come here voluntarily. <laughs> like, like every day, sh- every day, mostly have people either in bad health, bad mood or something and they're dealing with them. And then they go to dinner afterward. Like right. it's, it's amazing how normal they make whatever is going on seem. And, you know, at the, at the same time, you, 
take into account, like you're sitting there. No one will tell you what's going on. No one will give you food. You're ready to rip somebody's head off. And they're like, Hey, I'm here to take your, your vitals. You know, how are you right. feeling? And he's just like, what is she doing? And she has to go do this. That woman said she did 12 hour shifts and she's on her feet the entire time. Wear yeah. good shoes and smile. Here we go. It's amazing. Brutal. Absolutely. Brutal. But I'm back. So hopefully no other issues, <laughs> although I can't say I'm feeling great, but I'm feeling better. So that's all that really matters. All right. Well, who was feeling great last night was Steph Curry in the Ooh. NBA All-Star game. Steph Curry goes off MVP, shoots the lights out. I guess if you're Cleveland, the moral of the story, if you see Steph ever again in the finals, don't boo him, right? Because he can do that. <laughs> um, it makes you realize what really goes on in an NBA game when they play defense. Because mm. when they don't, and you give a guy like him who obviously practices beyond above and beyond what normal people do. I mean, he's constantly, he's working on those shots, but I mean, when he hits it from 38 feet, right. He, he, he turns around after he lets it go. He knows it's good. He turns around to the people in his stand and says something. It was quite the show that was fun to watch. And I know, I mean, even, even Jess, who's not really a basketball fan per se, when I turned it on after the softball that I was watching and we were watching, it was, it was entertaining. And that's what that is. As far as betting it. Yikes. Like, I mean, I don't, I, someone asked me earlier, did a show this morning. How do you bet on the NBA all-star game? I'm like, hey, I really don't like you just, I tell people like, look, take the weekend off. I don't think it's right. something that's really a good thing to bet. As far as having an advantage, it's fun. And the props are fun. But the game, man, I don't know what we're going to do with these all-star games. I'm done with the Pro Bowl. I still enjoy this, the NBA, because it's a show. Right. But as far as a competitive game, it's not competitive until the end. Well, let's talk about the ending. So the total opened at 319. It closed yep. at 234 and a half. Three. And it falls at 230, 223. Three. You see, keep saying two. It's 323. Sorry, 323. Excuse me. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. 320. It opened at 319. Yes. Closed at 324 and a half. Yes. Game falls 323 because of the <laughs> Elam ending. Yep. So this is this new technique where basically they set the number and you it's a race to the number. Yep. The books were dead on. I bet over 324. Just because yeah. I bet over on every All Star game, like I right. just, I don't, I'm never betting an under on an All Star game. That's insanity. Yeah. But do you like the Elam ending? I mean, they're trying. I mean, there were some people in the bubble who wanted this to be actually part of the NBA. Like this should be an NBA rule. This is how we end games now. Shut the clock off and play to a number. I do like it. I, I, I mean, I like the way it ramps up the intensity. Um. I don't know if I can use this for a regular season game, like, or for a regular game. I'm not right. sure I'd, how we would institute that, but having a number and knowing we just got to get to it, it reminds me of playing basketball, you know, in the park, right. In the playground, like, you know, we're playing to 21, let's go. And however you get there, threes, twos, whatever you get there. And I, I, I like it. I don't know if I could, I mean, making the number has always been very difficult for the NBA All-Star game. Sure. And like 
you know, you go like this. All right, so it's 150, 150, it's 300, 24, 324. That's how you kind of come to the number. I mean, it's right. it's not – and it's been going over nonstop, and now we finally – we've got a middle. Well, the Elam ending, the last two, like, last two years, the Elam ending has been now three, but it went over the previous two years with the Elam ending. Yeah. So, like – and we came close to going over again with the Elam. We came right to the brink. I mean, one bucket away, one free throw away from from pushing 324, one bucket away from covering 324 and a half. So it was close. It just got to be right to the edge. And the most, to start the fourth quarter, the most we could have had was 325. That was right. the that was where they put the number as to yep. what they were going to race to. The highest we could have gotten to was 163, 162. Right. That was the highest. Right. And then we got to 163, 160. <laughs> yep. So like you knew going into the fourth quarter, the one thing about the Elam ending, if you were quick enough and I was at, I was at dinner, so I wasn't able to do it, but like I should have bet the start of the fourth quarter, I should have bet the under because the live under probably would have been 325. Right. And I should have bet, I should just hedged and got out of my bet. This <laughs> just jumped on it and bet I, and got out of it because I knew the high, I knew I needed a minor miracle to get to 325. We almost got there. Yep. But we didn't get there. Yep. No, I, I again, I it's uh it's another all-star game and it's a it's a unique ending. Anything unique I like. Right. Um Uh-oh. Did I freeze day freeze? Mm, who froze? Who froze? Did Dave freeze or me freeze? Mm-hmm. Didn't like me being back. Well, it looks like I looks like Dave's frozen. So I'm here. So let's see if we can get Dave back on that. Uh, I think and just pick up where Dave was talking about. I think one of the, the interesting pieces of looking at endings like this is that it does create some havoc in game betting. <laughs> and I don't know if the books with Elam endings, I don't know how the books would really operate with live in game wagering for totals at the end of the game. If you know what the number is going to be and you know what you bet, you can easily come and hedge off of that. So that's probably one of the reasons why um, that they would do that. They probably would pull out of it. They probably wouldn't like it, but you know, it is what it is um, on these things to see how it all kind of plays out. But you know, Overall, Josh Donaldson, who tweeted out this morning that every NBA All-Star game, you know, should be canceled except for baseball. There's I mean, there's something to it. Giannis said it after the game that he can only go one speed. He can only go 100 miles per hour. And All-Star games really aren't for him because he he only knows one speed and people don't like it when you play, you know, defense and like it when you play up tempo. They don't like it when you play fast. And I totally understand that. I mean, I don't personally if I was playing a sport and I was paid to do it and then to, to go and say, Hey, play this half speed. You know, the NBA all-star game has zero defense. We know that, but it, it's at least a little bit more basketball esque because it's all offense, no defense than the pro bowl because you can't tackle. And obviously football is a tackling sport. Hockey is the same thing where it's all offense and no defense. And the NHL has tried to kind of be wonky with it and three on threes and trying to create different opportunities to do stuff. So I understand, you know, kind of why the NHL has looked at this and said, Hey, we don't know, you know, we, we know we have to fix our game a little bit, make it more entertaining and more fun for folks to watch because we don't think they're going to enjoy it. But 
I mean, Josh Donaldson makes a point. I mean, baseball is a one V one type of sport. So like if I'm throwing a hundred and I'm batting and it, you can't go soft on that. Like you can throw wonky pitches and do funny things, but like it primarily that's the game of baseball. It's pitcher. It's the only sport where the defense starts the action, pick the ball, throw the ball, hit the ball. And so I, I do get his point that like the only game that from an all-star game perspective that actually is true to the sport itself is baseball because baseball, you can play an all-star game with real rules. You can play an all-star game with real effort, and it's not hard to do it. You can lay out, you can jump. I mean, you don't want your pitchers running all that much. If you can avoid it, you know, that's the danger. If a pitcher is running fast, if a pitcher is turning a corner and, and rolls an ankle because they're not used to being on the, on the bases, then yeah, that can be problematic. So make sure that they're, you know, they're just having a DH for the pitchers, but overall, you know, basketball, hockey, and the NBA are all going to have to have a conversation about what their all-star games look like and how their all-star games actually are going to continue. But baseball is, is the one that actually you can do that. You can actually have a baseball all-star game and play it pretty much the way it should be. Wow. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Good. What's up? Happens, you know, the world. Yeah. The, no the idea what happened. Just talking and gone. And then you're freeze. Okay. Yeah. So let's go to uh, Chris Paul and the injury to Chris Paul here. Yeah. Six to eight weeks gets broken right before some Suns fans aren't really happy. Dave, he played in the all-star game, played two minutes with a broken thumb. They're like, why Strange. even risk that yeah. kind of an odd thing, considering he's going to be evaluated in six to eight weeks. Uh, but what does this do to the Suns chances here? And, and I mean, MVP wise, see you later. That contest Correct. is done. Wow. Yep. But does it give Booker any more value from an MVP standpoint? A little bit. I mean, because obviously his numbers are going to, you know, stay the same or get better. I don't think they get worse because now he has to score. He just may not get the ball in um, the advantageous positions that he was without Paul being the distributor. Right. His assist numbers may actually go up because now he may have to, you know, um, pass the basketball to help other guys get, you know, points. But I think, I mean, overall, it, it, I mean, in the room, I might adjust the Phoenix number back up a little bit just to see if the market wants to bet against them. And if anyone out there really wants to bet on them, they'll get a better price. It might be a reason to take them now because, that's not normally a reason to jump in with futures with maybe an adjusted season win total, things like that. I mean, because the pace they're on, removing Paul from that lineup for six to eight weeks, there has to be a drop-off, right? I mean, that's what my first thought was. <sighs> Drop. Um, I think they'll play differently. How about that? I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if it's a drop-off. I think they run the offense differently. Like we talked about it, like in clutch situations in big games, it's give me the ball, calm down. We're fine. Like I got you that stability in, in big games. I, I, I wonder, but on a night to night basis, they've got so much talent that I think they play faster without Chris Paul. And I think they'll just try to run more. And that's mm -hmm. where Booker could, I mean, I could see Booker having a couple of 50 spot games here. Like I could see him just going nuclear like he did in the bubble and it's right. just give him the ball, get out of the way, 
and they score, 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 score. They get rebounding underneath with Aiton, and they've got wing threes with Johnson and company, just, you know, dribble drive, kick out three, and, and they put up a ton of points. So Chris Paul is a guy who slows down tempo and wants to run more offense and wants to get the best shot possible. But I think they'll be a bit more reckless, maybe a bit more turnover prone without them. Uh, but I think they'll still be one of the you know top five teams in the league. Oh you know? yeah, I mean, I, I just you know those those coin flip games where Chris Paul was such a huge part in getting a double double and stuff. They may lose yeah. those games. Um, but I mean, standings wise, I mean, when you look at the standings, the, does this make Golden State? more appealing to you like you know because i i would be in the risk room and i'm like all right so now is the sun if the suns aren't the number one seed does Mm. that affect your thought process in them being the favorite in the western conference do you flip the favorite now because paul's out they may not be the one seed golden state could catch them i don't think memphis can but i mean memphis is right there if Phoenix isn't the one seed, are they still the best team in the West? With Paul back? Well, he'll be back. The, the regular season is is about, what, eight weeks left? Yeah, he's supposed to be back. I mean, if he comes back in six weeks, he'll have, I think they said, 10 games left. If he comes back in eight weeks, they'll have two. two okay, right. Yeah, so um, I think he'll come back and get those 10 games. Like, he'll he'll be enough he'll do everything he can to get 10 games in two games. Isn't enough in my opinion to be ready for the playoff run 10 games. That's awesome. Somewhere in between. Good. I think he needs at least eight games to kind of get going, get back in the rhythm. Suns are the number one seed. Then in that case, if there's a setback, if there's something wrong Mm. and surgery or yeah, I mean like anything could happen with these things. Right. You know, so, um, it affects other prices and it affects the way, like you said, they play faster. So maybe that'll affect the totals. They'll, 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 they'll look to play more overs, although Phoenix Suns overs have been pretty good as it is, you know, maybe without him, maybe they'll go, would you shade it to the under? There's a lot of questions with the injury that don't just affect like one thing. It affects multiple things. It's going to be interesting. Really. It's going yeah. to be wild to watch. I, I don't know how I feel about the warriors. I still need Draymond to come back. And I got to see all three of those guys together. And if you have all three of those guys together and healthy, they're a real big problem. And if Wiseman comes back and if Wiseman, who's getting ready to come back here after the the all-star break, I mean, that's where you start putting the pieces together and they match up very similarly, you know, Wiseman against eight. And they start just going down the list of like, you know, spot to spot Curry versus Paul and Booker versus clay. And like, you should just start kind of like going, you know, mano a mano they're very similar. And I think if that turns out to be the Western conference finals, I think we'll all be blessed to watch it. I think it will be an incredible seven game war between two very good and experienced teams. But I still think this is Chris Paul's year. As long as Chris Paul comes back, right? (laughs) Chris, he's got to come back. And then if he does, because the one thing about a hand injury for a basketball player and a guy like Chris Paul, it's his offhand. So he still can shoot. He still can run. He can stay in condition it's not like a leg injury for a basketball player, right. knee, ankle, Achilles, those injuries for basketball players. Like they take, even when they come back, they take forever to get back into the swing of things. Yes. Like he played last night in an all-star game with a broken thumb. So like he can 
with his offhand, he can still do a lot. He can practice. He can do a lot, a lot of things. Just going to keep the hand wrapped, keep the hand away from any contacts. But you can do walkthroughs. You can be with the team. You can go through your traditional you know, practices without contact and still be in the thick of things when you come back. So I, I think even though it's it, it, the, the, the surgery part of it is what worries me. If he has to have surgery, see, right. he's done. But if he can find a way to play and get it healthy enough where he can just sort of wear a cast on it and be able to dribble well enough. And, you know, he's a right-handed dominant player. So you, you're going to, you know, uh, teams are going to try to exploit it clearly, but it right. just, it's another one of these stories with Chris Paul that like he's had this happen. I think three times now where he's been on the best team. He's gotten hurt. Yeah. Like it's just like this dude's career, unfortunately is brutal. <laughs> like yeah. It's just every time he's been close to being the guy, he just hasn't been the guy. He hasn't gotten that break to get to, to, to win it all. So can he, can he shake hands with, with the hand with, with, with <laughs> talk about shaking hands? Can he shake hands with that offhand or does he actually turn around and do it with that hand? I don't well, know. all right. So let's go there. Let's talk about this. What, what the hell happened between Juwan Howard and Greg guard Man. report hands is off me reports hands out off me. Juwan Howard could be suspended for the rest of the season Oof. for his actions. People are calling for him to be fired for what happened at the end of the game. If you didn't see it, Wisconsin blew out, blew out Michigan. Wisconsin was pressing at the end of the game. So was Michigan. They both were going at it. Timeout was called late in the game by Wisconsin. Right. Really angered Jawan Howard as they're walking through the handshake line. Jawan Howard says, I'll remember that. Greg Gard says, what do you mean? If you watch how it unfolded, Jawan Howard says, I'm going to remember that. Greg Gard reaches out and grabs him to stop him to say, what do you mean? Once Greg Gard's hand hits the bicep of Jawan Howard, Jawan Howard goes full on hockey fight, grabs the jersey, pulls forward. You start seeing a lot of nasty words being thrown back and forth security comes in teams get separated other assistant coaches come in guy for wisconsin says something to juan howard and juan howard reaches and does duck duck goose and smacks him across the head and all hell breaks loose not good bad look big 10 is saying they're going to be swift and strong with their response to this. Mm. What's the appropriate penalty for this? Because you coach kids. I mean, this is a really bad thing to show kids. Oh man. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible look period to show anybody. Yeah. It's like, man, it's still a game and things happen in the course of a game that sure emotions get fired up. And listen, I've had this happen all the time. I was never, the one to go, I always go back to like, man, we're here for the kids. What are you getting so bad for? I've had coaches want to come at me the same way. Wow. And I'm just like, guys, seriously, stop. Like I, I have no, I mean, you could say whatever you want. Don't it? You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> right. Like you're embarrassing yourself. The problem with that incident yesterday was the assistant coaches and all the chirping and the talking. Mm. Like if, those two could have just walked by each other, exchanged unpleasantries mm. because 
the timeout at the end was a way to kind of give them a little bit more. I mean, he didn't have to call the timeout. So Michigan they, was pressing and Wisconsin didn't won. like it. Yeah. So they won and it, it's over. Just let yep. it go. Cause we're going to see her again. We could see each other again in a couple weeks in the tournament. <laughs> I mean, they're in the same conference. Yeah, yeah you're going to see each other again on the recruiting so, trail, if nothing less. <laughs> right. So just let it go, like at that point. And then it just it escalated so fast. And I don't know what the appropriate penalty is. is I mean, because there's no real precedent set for this. Like, there's a post-game handshake fight, and a guy – tried to swing, and it looked like Jawan tried to wrap his hand around that man's head. Mm. Like It wasn't like a punch because it was an mm. open hand. Yeah. He looked like he was trying to just rip his head off. Like and That might save him. To be, I mean, the fact that he slapped him might save. Yeah. I mean, I think he punched him. He's fired. So I, I think that the suspension may yeah. be the rest, of, the rest of the regular season, and he can coach in the Big Ten tournament. That's what I, I think it's a regular season suspension, which I think it's is like three weeks. So he's off. He's away from the team until they go to the Big Ten tournament. That would probably be appropriate to me to have him step away and cool his jets and kind of figure out where he's going to be. Or maybe Michigan sits him down for the rest of the entire season and they will evaluate his future with the program in the offseason. But I mean, th- th- this is where you're working for an academic institution this is where this behavior in the NBA, it's like, okay, you're a professional basketball team, guys with emotions, it over, you know, it spills over and you have problems and you just kind of say, hey, it won't happen again. You know, serve out your two week suspension and we move on. You got academic types. You're wearing that emblem for more than just basketball, more than just football, more than just athletics. This is the fellowship. This is the, you know, the guy who's going overseas representing Michigan for a tech conference. This is the guy going to, you know, some, you know, South American place to go represent Michigan for some medical conference. Like you represent Michigan and you just tarnished that M pretty badly. Uh, you're answering to a much bigger power. You're answering if there's a big booster who's non-sports related, who's donated like $50 million to build a new science center or something. This is the stuff where you get, you get caught here. You get yourself kicked out and fired because there's people who are more important than even athletics who may have a say in Jawan Howard's future. Right. That may be the case. I mean, I know for the longest time after, you know, I'm wearing a Penn State hat today for the longest time after what happened at Penn State mm. had nothing to do with, you know, the football program, the this, that. But, you know, it was it was fighting words. And everywhere I went when I would I mean, because I just went to the school there and I had a great experience and everything else. But I would be wearing it and somebody would say something. I literally put my stuff away for two years. Really? Like, oh, yeah. I used to wear a Penn State jacket all the time or, you know, a hat or something. And I just got tired of the of the comments. I'm like, sure. I'm like, the it just got annoying. So I mm. can't imagine what someone who donated a ridiculous bag to the school it was has got to deal with and they want to they want a mouth. I mean, the initial probably thing is like, you know, and and unfortunately that's the world we live in now, but like, oh, he's gotta go. He can't, he can't, you can't have that whatever it is, you know, I mean, there's fights all the time in sports 
But Michigan men, I mean, this is the thing about this school. Right. They have yeah, this yeah. Michigan man thing, right? They have this like, we conduct ourselves in a certain way. We don't conduct it. Like that's Michigan state behavior as Michigan would say, right? That's like, that's not us. That's right. You know, we don't, yeah. we, we don't do that. The that's, other, that's, those other people do that. We, yeah. we are above the fray on this. We right. hold ourselves to the Notre Dame, you know, the, the astute, the academic, yes. the, you know, there's just something about the, the, that, you know, that block M stands for something. Right. And you just tarnished that. Oh yeah, no, believe me. I mean, they, I'm sure that that like, oh, that's Ohio State behavior. That's Michigan State behavior. No, you know, we don't do that at this school. I can, you can hear it all. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Do you think it affects their um, getting in the NCAA tournament or not? No, I think, but they do. I mean, the committee does say though they do take into account injuries and coaching situations. So right. like. If Juwan Howard is out for the rest of the year and they're a bubble team, yeah. I mean, I, I could see the committee saying, hey, without their head coach, we don't know what they're going to look like. And, you know, they have a couple of and really we don't need this circus. Well, they won't say that publicly. NIT. Right. But they, no, they, they won't say it publicly. Yeah, they won't say it publicly. But it could in the, in the room, yeah. wink, wink, nod, nod. Right. You know, you sure you want to take Michigan? Uh, without saying <laughs> that means Juwan Howard comes with Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, you you don't want to give the committee any reason to keep you out. Like, bottom line here, you just you don't want to give them any any reason to say no to you. You want yes, yes, yeses. Not, oh boy, what if this guy does it again? Like, what happens if he loses his cool again? Like, he's a hothead. He's clearly having some anger issues. So now what? <laughs> right. So that's my that's my concern with the whole thing. Is it like it? it it's more than just the act. It's what happens. Now in the aftermath of that act, right. that's the problem for Michigan, which is not good. All right. So a little bit of a quick better to book it here. One game that has already started. So we can kind of talk about it a little bit, but it was going to be part of better to book it, but the game started at 10 a.m. Colorado and Boston total was six for this President's game. President's Day special. Look yeah. yeah. I bet the under in this, Dave. Okay. Under, under six goals. Colorado's been playing a whole lot of unders. Yes. The Bruins are coming off a four-game road trip here. Yes. This is their first game. It's a one o'clock Eastern time start, eleven a.m. Mountain time start for Colorado. Yes. How would you feel about the? How do you feel about this under zero zero right now? As a one nothing Bruins, they just scored right. at the end of the first scored. period. Yep. Um, I love these 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 afternoon, especially midday games. Um, yes, it's a holiday, but there's a vibe, and I said this when I was in high school going to the Peglin games in Pittsburgh. Crowd sounds different. Yeah. The whole routine is different. There's no, it's, it's so hard to get that home energy in the building. And it's a snooze fest, the first period. <laughs> like it's yeah. just, I would have said bet first period under. Yep. I would have said bet the game under. Um, the dog is live. Right. I mean, that's, I, I, I may, I, I may bet Kyle, I was going to wait and see how the first period went before I jumped in, but everyone said Brad Marchand's out for this game for the Bruins, right? It's like, okay, but the avalanche were minus 170 on the money line for this game. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know they're playing really well, but that seemed like an expensive light it was like, I'm just taking the home dog on principle, but I, I didn't pull the trigger on it, but I was going to wait and see if it was zero, zero after one, I was going to definitely jump on the Bruins. But now it's one nothing Bruins, so it may be worth jumping on the Avalanche here to come back and in and, and win the game. But it's an interesting look because home dogs in and ho hockey. I mean, the books continue to give so many plus points to these home dogs. Yes, 
<laughs> in the NHL. I, I was going through it yesterday in college basketball because we've talked about this and we said it again Saturday, how hard it is to win on the road yep. in college basketball. So home teams yesterday were 14 and seven. Wow. The dogs were 13, seven and one. ATS? And yes, against the spread. So straight up home teams, 14 and seven, but dogs were 13, seven and one. This is when you start to see that in the NHL too. Interesting. You're going to catch teams in these situations as we come down the stretch where the price is i mean like look at the toronto game today mm. toronto is 420 mm. at montreal now montreal is one of the outliers because they're so so bad but they beat the islanders yesterday it's a huge dog on the road and now they come home honestly i can't ever remember in my life seeing a road favorite as this big as Toronto is today at Montreal. Plus two and a half, we talk about that all the time. That's where the value is in these dogs. Definitely Boston's live today to win the game. In-game now, I didn't look. Uh, what it was now. Boston's got to be favored. Let's see, Boston. All right, let's look. I bet it's a pick em. Let's see. It is right now. Click refresh. All right, Boston just went up to minus 154. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. They're at home. I mean, five and a half is the total now. Good. There we go. So, like it. That's a good start. That's yes. a good start. Keep on dropping. Keep on dropping. I, I just don't think we're going to see a lot of offense between these two teams at the moment because of the start time avalanche. I mean, again, 11 a.m. We talk about it in college football all the time, right? These kids get started early, but you mentioned there's no energy. I mean, I've, I've gone to these games at the Garden. You know, one o'clock games, kids are out of school. There's a lot of young kids who are there. A lot of families go. Yeah. Yep. Not, yep. A, not a lot of drinking, not a lot no. of partying, not a lot Sounds of hoopla. Yep. yep. You don't get the, the, the yahoos in the upper deck screaming and yelling and, you know, four yep. beers in by halfway through the first period. <laughs> they don't exist in, on, on this game. So it's just a different experience. And for teams that want to play like the Bruins would prefer to play slow anyway. Take the air out of the puck, if you know what I mean, and, and yeah. just play slow. Because Colorado can skate circles around anybody, you got to keep keep yourself out of the power, you know, out of the box. Don't yep. give them power play opportunities, and just play smart hockey, and you can win. And I just felt like this, like what is this? Boston should not be catching 150, 160 on the other side. Like this is crazy yep. for the Bruins, yep. and now they're heavy favorite. So I missed that bet, but I'll take the under bet that I did make on that game uh, coming up here today. Okay, this is a topic that you and I were discussing in the hospital, and I thought it could be kind of fun to bring it here to the air because. You were on the DraftKings call on Friday. I did. I what time did you it. get up in the morning? Uh, the call started at 5.30, our <sighs> time Pacific, but I got up at like 4.45 and um, was texting for, someone for who I knew was call. listening to it. <laughs> yeah, for an earnings call. Oh, I'm having fun now listening to these because a lot of times I never had the ability to do it yeah. because I was too busy booking the games, doing the numbers, all this other stuff, and then I would read about these earnings calls. So it was like... I started listening to them last year between Purdom and Alfonso Straffen and, and those guys. They're like, yeah, you should listen to these earnings calls. I would be interested to hear your take. So I did. That's fine. So, so you listen to it. Our CEO, our boss, Chris Grove, had a very interesting tweet because he said, well, DraftKings told us they were going to spend. Then they went out and spend, spent an incredible amount of money. Still are. Yes. And still are. 
And now the stock prices is, are crashing because the market is concerned about how much they are spending, even though yes. they told the market they were going to spend. Yes. What's your take on this? Because there are a lot of people who love sports betting, who got involved with DraftKings, who are looking at their stock portfolio this morning and looking at the DraftKings price and saying, what the hell happened? $55 and we may never see that again from a draft from a DraftKings stock perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you listen to it, they're saying one thing, but then when you look at the numbers and you go, okay, wait a second, they're spending, not just spending, they're spending a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> I mean, and they keep spending like, where is it going to stop? Um, I don't know. We're just going through football season now. We're just finished up football season. Are you going to keep spending? Or are you going to pull back the reins a little bit? They, they, there's no indication that they are. And then he actually said, Jason Roberts actually said on the call that opening up a new state increases the spend and hurts them worse than keeping its status quo for a little while. <laughs> And I was like, wait a second. New York just opened. The floodgates are wide open. All this money's pouring in. And my buddy Alfonso posted his thing with the number, the amount of money that the operators made after the taxes, after all this stuff. It's nothing. Mm. I think investors are starting to look at this going, you know, you guys maybe should stop the spending. Like, Did you, you see, by the way, on that same chart? how much money New York made tax revenue wise and how much New Jersey made tax revenue wise. Yes. 63 million New York, eight New Jersey. It's a pretty big difference big in tax difference. revenue. <laughs> Six, one made 63 product. million. One state made 63 million on the Super Bowl. One made eight and they're next door to each other and next they share door. customers. Right. Like, and you go, okay, now what? I mean, mm. so I think, though, as an operator, you you have to operate in both because you can make actually money in New Jersey. You you're basically you're are you paying your penance? Or are you are are you letting the government wet their beak to use you know terms by operating in New York? You guys can make all the money in New York. Let us make all the money in New Jersey and other states. Like that's kind of what an operator is going on. You have to make the decision. Does it does it cost effectively work for us to be in New York? Some operators have said, hell no, I can't do it. I cannot right. operate there because I'm not operating in enough other states. Now, DraftKings is operating everywhere. The problem is their marketing spend. Somebody has to shut the spigot off at some point. There has to be a point of, instead of acquisition, retention. And well, that's a, I mean, th th that's going to be, you know, when we were talking about this last week before I, I, I was off and had, you know, had what happened, we had that DraftKings person and those FanDuel people. We had people who listened to the show who were DMing me uh, as we were having this conversation saying they were that FanDuel's whole thing now is going to be on customer retention. And so we're going to start to see the bonus structure be put into place with like, how much money have you bet this year? And you're going yeah. to qualify much like, you know, when you're here in Vegas, we've got the tier system for how much money you're spending on property. Then that's what your card says. You know, everyone stations does it. MGM does it. Caesars does it. They all have their own terminology as to like what level you get to. 
you know, Sapphire and Platinum and whatever the hell else they right. want to call you as you spend the money on property, that that now is going to be what DraftKings and FanDuel is going to do. But that's not what DraftKings is saying publicly. FanDuel kind of is saying it, at least their people are saying it behind the scenes, that they're now v- really focused on customer retention. As I mentioned, I had, I had a call with, with a book that's going to be operating in 10 states by the middle of this year in 2022. And that's their whole game. Their whole game is not on customer acquisition. Their whole game is going to be on. They've got a brand that is recognizable that you know what the brand is when you hear it. And so they say, okay, we feel like our brand will get us customers. Our whole thing is to, from the jump, once we have them is to keep them and to keep them playing and to incentivize them to play as much as possible and give them stuff winning or losing give them stuff for just placing bets with our book. And that's where I can't wait to see when do we see consolidation and when do we see this like leave your sports book like that we talked about it before, the cell phone companies with like, hey, drop Verizon and go to Sprint. When do we start to see those types of cross-marketing opportunities where, you know, show us you've got an XYZ book, come to our book and we'll give you 500 bucks for dropping them type of thing. Oh, it's probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen. Like, the summer is going to be where the meetings are happening now. It's in the book. You just like listen. Let's let's do March Madness right because a lot of eyes are on it. It's two yeah. weekends essentially, and then we're into playoffs. So there'll be playoff specials or something, whatever. But that's lesser tier. And I mean, who knows if there's baseball or not? Like we still, this is a whole nother factor that right now books are legitimately having questions like, what are we going to replace the revenue with? Like, it's just. What percentage is baseball on the overall revenue? 10 to 15, 10 to 15. Wow. That's higher than I thought. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it can be as, as high as 15. It's most likely 10 or even, um, you know, some books it's less, you know, if they, if they don't have a, a market, like obviously New York will be great because yeah. now people can bet right. on the Yankees and the Mets every day right. and they can bet on those games. So um, other markets, Boy. you know, where they don't have a team, like I don't know how big baseball betting is in Iowa, you know, I mean, big like Cubs at the Cardinals big. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. big. It's big. So, um, it's, it's enough to know to make a dent where books are going, what are we going to replace this with? So I think you're going to see meetings, things happening. Everything's being to what are we going to do in July and August? How are we going to get customers in here and take them from other books? I used to say this all the time about this betting pie. All we're doing is cutting up the pie in smaller slices. We're not adding more pie. We're not going from a 16-inch to an 18-inch to a massive, big 25-inch pizza pie. You're just cutting the slivers smaller and smaller and smaller, and you see the pie charts. Yeah. There's two or three really big slices, but everybody else is getting a sliver. But DK is one of those big slices, though. That's the strange thing about this conversation Mm -hmm. is that DraftKings is number two in terms of overall revenue in the country, in terms of what they are doing, yet the market doesn't believe that they're going to be profitable anytime soon. And Robbins is basically saying publicly, we don't plan to be public or to be profitable anytime soon, that we are going to continue to go into new States because we have to opening up more opportunities. 
and then do these other markets, the NFT market that they went into so aggressively and the other, forget the yeah. other one they went into. Um, crypto. Yeah. Crypto? Yeah. So like, the, the, and they're going into that. I mean, they're going in, they're going into all these different markets where it's like, wait, what? Like they're not, I know the iCasino really is ultimately the goal of all these books to yes. have a very pr- robust iCasino, you know, uh, take and hold. But like, if you're constantly losing money in every state you go into and you're constantly going into new states all the time, I mean, at some point, the investors are going to say, I mean, there, there's been big investors who kicked and jumped out when it was at 40. Yes. And they were smart to do so. Robert Kraft being the yes. Patriot owner being one of them. Yes. was like his people, obviously, that's why they're you know rich millionaires and people are smart. But you, you've got people who, who understand what's going on and you go, get out now if you can. Hey, by the way, Medina Spirit officially has been stripped of the victory in the 2021 Kentucky Derby. Oh, so, really? That's official. So just wow. happened. How much? I mean, th- th- this is where not Wait. to pivot here completely, but it's it's just it just happened. So I, I, I have to ask you this. So officially, he never this horse didn't win the race, but the books paid out everybody who right. bet Medina Spirit to win the race. Terrible. But they don't do that in NASCAR. They wait. No. They the wait NASCAR. until the they, they wait till the race becomes official before they pay anybody out. Yes. The NASCAR Why don't they do that with horse racing? Well, the horse racing tells you it's official. They they post the official results. So we can only take the results right from the track when they right. say. Right. But official. why don't why doesn't horse racing follow an inspection? Why don't they say you have to clear a test post Great race idea. before we pay bets out? We're going to test all the horses again. Yeah. And on race day, if you pop positive, we're not certifying that you're the winner. But it's just a lot of people who had that second place horse. I forget what, forget which horse that was the second place horse that people were. So, but it was like a not, it wasn't like a 15 or 20 to one long shot. It came in second place, I believe. Right. Yeah. Last year in the Derby. And so those folks should have gotten paid out. Like their horse won officially. It's going to see that that was a different horse. It wasn't Medina spirit who won the Derby. And, I don't know. I, I feel like horse racing needs, if they want to really be in this current explosion of sports betting, that that's going to leave a lot of people ticked off at the, on the biggest race of the year. Oh, it did at the time. And now you got people coming in with it being officially, you know, stripped of it. You're like, Oh, well you guys, you know, you pay this, you paid that. It's like, listen, I didn't do anything. I'm right. just following procedure. It's just like you not getting fed in a hospital and want to yell at the nurse. <laughs> right. It's not, not her fault. fault. Right. Correct. But it's it's not right. And I think horse racing with all of the eyes on all this stuff now and all the shows and all the things that we see, horse racing has an opportunity to become not cool again, but a real part of the wagering menu is if they kind of I think change their ways a little bit. And horse yeah. racing hasn't changed anything in 50 to a hundred years, whatever they've been doing. So that's the problem. I meant to ask you this and I, yeah. I just like light bulb. So the books in Vegas. Yep. Peer to peer, right? We, we, we learned this last year about what the payouts are. Is it paramutual? Is it not right? Yeah. How do the East coast books book it do they is it all house versus player or is it paramutual 
with the East Coast books. Paramutual, pr- pretty much paramutual. Um, is that risk, should that change? Well, I think if books want to step out and go back to actually doing that, I think you'll give better odds. Now you have right. to be really good at it, like, and I don't think books will want to have to invest okay. in horse guys okay. that are invested in it. And I mean, why not? You know, They're paying twenty one year olds. Like, why not? Like. <laughs> You're paying social. You're paying social influencers for 21. Why not pay to pay a horse guy? That's My gosh, that's why I'm a media guy. That's why I'm a media guy. <laughs> exactly why I'm a media guy. Because you do the work and you put in all this thing. You make these people money and they they don't want to pay you. So th- this is what's happening in the industry. You should be paying a guy to do that. You could change. You you could get all of the action. Right. The sports book business is a volume business. So if you do it better or you at least have a staff or an overstaff of people to handle the really busy stuff and you get good people to do it, you can make all the money. You just got to take the bets. And instead, they'd rather pay a TikTok kid or Instagram model or something like this to do this stuff and think they're going to gain customers, but they're not going to keep them. And that's where the that's where the stock price and people investors go. Wait a second, these fundamentals are screwed up. It's an eight and a half margin, eight and a half percent margin business on a best year. You know, ten percent is shoot the moon once in a lifetime margin. Eight to eight and a half percent is a really good year, and anything below that, that's all this business is. I need to handle all the volume, and if I don't do it, maybe I don't want to buy the stock. And that's where the stock price is right now. Yeah, it's so wild because my brother who is here and so we were at dinner last night. And so I'm, you know, he's just, he knows nothing about, he's, a, he's an organic farmer. He knows right. nothing about betting. And so like, I'm, I'm explaining to him, like he asked me, so when I walk into the casino and all of those slot machines are right when I walk in at first, she's like, well, he said, why is a sports book always in the back? I said, because they make all their money on the slot machines and they just, a lot of these properties just have sports books to have sports books. They have to have it because the players want to play it, but they don't get the amount of money they're going to make is far less. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, frankly, like you could look at the numbers make, you know, these books are making 300 million a month in Nevada off of sports betting. And they're making a billion off of penny slots. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was oh, like, that's yeah. what they're making their money on is on penny slots. He's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I go, think about it. You know, sports betting. It, I can lose $100 in three hours on one sports bet. I can lose $100 in three minutes on a on a, on a machine. On a, For on sure. A, you know, fast. 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 So like, think, think about the time difference. It's way more. They can take the money a lot faster than it can be with betting. And betting being a volume, you know, they're going to hold a time. We're talking about hold and whatnot. And it was just interesting to watch his kind of in his mind going like, so why do they have sports betting and they make all their money on slot machines? I'm like, it's a great question, right? Because people want to bet sports, so they have to have it. And now the East Coast books don't have that casino. They don't have that walk right. into the property. They don't have on the application. All they have is betting. And so they're yeah. trying to find new and innovative ways of making money. But the investors, and you talk about all the time on this show, like people who are investing money are starting to realize like, how much money are we making? Like these numbers are great. People are using the application like crazy. Yeah. But are we really making any money, like real money off this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not really. Not really. Um, they put the books in the casinos in the back so that people have to walk through, through them. The casino ah, okay, to makes get sense. To yeah. The, 
you know, and and also because there's a lot of money concentrated in the casino or in the sports book, like in the drawers, I would have half a million dollars when I would open in the morning. Can't put that by the door too Tuesday often yeah. because it's a quick hold up. See you later out, yeah. out the door. So they kind of strategize where to put it. There's so many things that I've learned just from being in a book and ask those same questions and literally just ask somebody, why did you do this? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So um, books were standalone joints. I mean, back in the day, they used to be like convenience stores, right? They were just, they were never in a hotel because they were CD places to go watch games. Right. And they did it with chalk. They did it on chalkboard. Yeah. They were bookie (laughs) joints. And, And then they, Somebody got the great idea, like put them in a casino. And, you know, it's great when you talk to Jimmy Vaccaro and get him going and talking about the stories. And a lot of the guys that started and brought them into the casinos have passed, but Jimmy's still alive and he still has, you know, great memories of stuff. And he talks about it. And they had to pitch the casino bosses and owners to bring that into the into the casinos. They're like, no, this is going to work. And they're like, no, it's not. I've been to that place. You know, Del Mar was, they used to name them after tracks because they would take horse bets uh-huh. and they would take sports bets. But the horse bets were where they made their money because nobody can pick horses over the long haul. It's a, it's, a, it's a great way to make money if you're taking the bets. So Del Mar and um, I forget Triple Crown, whatever they were named. Sure. We're all over town and they had to pitch them on like, all right, we need to book. How many of them existed? Uh, I in what, in what year? In Vegas, we, what, what year are we talking? 70s. Okay. 70s. And then, you know, um, I'll have to look after we get off the show, but uh, three or four. And then, you know, somehow some got robbed. Money went out the back door. There was insurance things. There were guys that were doing it that were doing it for the wrong reasons. One time a guy just closed. He took all the bets and he was going to lose. He just closed. Everybody's got stiff. I mean, like, so all this happened in Vegas and then they brought him into casinos and then the people that were doing it took him offshore and they got pitched to islands on giving them licenses to operate. And they did all this stuff offshore and all this happened. And now all this is happening in different states. So the picture's the same. It's just a different way of getting there. It's nuts, man. Um, it's interesting because, you know, the Wire Act came into effect in 1961. That's why I was asking the year. Yep. So, which you weren't able to talk about lines over a telephone. Correct. And the, whole idea, the whole idea was let's prevent the communication method in 1961. Phone Phones were the number one way of communicating. Yes, <laughs> so you you would call, your, call your books in. You call, call your bets in. So if we prevent somebody from... It was really about the mob bosses in Chicago and New York who were operating the books here in Nevada, prevent them from the communication that they would need to talk about what the lines were, line movement, money movement, everything else. Let's prevent that from happening. So they made it illegal. That's why I'm asking about in the, in like the 70s, because like you you operated, how many phone calls a day did you take in Curacao? Oh, the phone bill was our biggest expense. <laughs> we, we had an 800 number. Right. And- you know, we paid it. So it was a free phone call. I can't even begin. How many magazines it. was that number published in? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was, we bought ads and everything. It was of course everywhere. Um, <laughs> thousands and thousands of, I mean, a phone bill was six figures. 
The phone um, a month or a year? A month. A month. Oh, my. I mean, they used to call to get a line and hang up. What's the line on the on, on the Penn State game today? Maryland minus three. Okay, thanks. Click. Like, I had to finally, at one point, I said, we have to have a line phone. A number oh. To with a recorded, get the line. recorded, recorded, recorded yeah. yeah. And I had to update that thing every, I think I finally conceded that every eight minutes. What? I would update it so you could get the lines. Wait a minute. On a day where there was 140 college basketball games, how did you update that every eight minutes? It was terrible. You had you employed someone simply every, by the time you were done reading the line, you got to do it again. We had three guys. What do you mean employed? Like we, we had three of us were Americans. The rest were, I couldn't have one of the um, locals do it because their accent wasn't right. They couldn't pronounce all the names. So, <laughs> It was we took turns. I did it at the beginning of the hour. My brother-in-law uh, did it, you know, halfway through, and the other guy did it at the end of the hour. You know, like we tried to update it because lines constantly changed. So we would say, "All right, here's the line update as of, you know, it's eleven oh nine a.m. right now." Boom, 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 boom. Run it through. Try to do it as fast as I could, and we started getting the people call just to lessen the calls to the actual lines to get the bets in. Oh, believe me, there wasn't a, there was no way to do it. We were just trying to figure it out on the fly, but I knew what someone on the other end wanted. I think that's what books really need to, at some point, they need to know what the customer wants and just give it to them. And those books will survive. These books that think they know, and they're telling the customers, this is the way we do business. You'll do it with us. and. No, ignoring what the customer wants, they're the ones that aren't going to retain anybody. And they're the ones that are going to get consolidated and bought up by the big ones that will. That's such an interesting situation to think about because of the number of, like when you took those phone calls from people, yep. what was the average size of the bet? Um, well, I mean, we we made someone open an account with a hundred bucks. so. You like know, could I? But like we were taking phone calls, and it was like a ten dollar parlay. Ten dollar was the minimum. $10 but you took the, like so like if you only had three people, did you guys have to prioritize who got through, or is just whatever call came in, you took it, you booked oh, it? Oh no no no! When we when we were at our peak, I hired thirty people. I had a I had a room full of operators answering okay. phones, taking the bets. But there was only three of us running the whole place: the owner, me, and another guy. Okay, like. You know, we were doing the lines. We were, and then, you know, we grew and we were started to take sales calls. So, like, you know, you're sitting in Boston and you you hear our ad or you see the phone number you call. We had people answering the phones saying, "Yes, it's safe. Yes, it's secure. Yes, send us money. Yes, you'll have a, a an account number and a password in 15 minutes, and you can fire away on today's games. Here's how you do it." And you know, you could check the lines. We built a website. We grew this whole thing, but it was like at hyper warp speed. We started with an office and like a room full of operators. I think we had he hired eight when I got there. There was eight operators. They were ninety one shifts. Five, six. What's that? What year is this? Nineteen ninety five, ninety six. Nineteen ninety seven. I went down. Okay. So um, I walked in and I was like. I had a vision in my head and then I, I got, you know, we got to the office in the morning and I was like, this is it. 
like you sit up there and as they developed, you know, they, they, the girls named them. We had all girls operators for a while. We, we ended up getting like two guys maybe ever, but they called it the stage where we were because it was just in the front and you guys are up on stage and that's where all the magic happened, where we made the lines and we put them in the system and we could see the whole room from there. Right. And they were. Did the phones you know, actually ring or is it just like. Stop. Oh my stop. gosh, that's insane. It was the worst thing in the world. Became You talk about <laughs> elevator music. Yep. To this day, when a phone rings a second time for me, you get annoyed. crazy. I'm like, because I used to tell them. Second no ring. phone rings more than twice in this room. Wow. Because we need to answer phones. We need it. So when I would hear the phone ringing and like when it, Sunday morning started happening. Oh, no. It was just a constant buzz of phone ringing. And like operators, I mean, they had the, the phones initially. We didn't even get headsets till later. They had to pick up the phone and hold it to their ear <laughs> and type with the other hand. Did they have that like that the, the shoulder thing or like? Oh, they all bought them. They all bought them. <laughs> they all had to. They 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 were like. And, and I'm assuming all the, all the tickets were written down by hand. No, no, no. We had a computer system. Okay, we just That's we easy. had to type it in. So they they typed everything in, and um, oh, it's fascinating. Like I have, I have a tape that I'll show you someday. Uh, the last two days. Of oh yeah. You told me about day. that. Yeah. Oh, on your yeah. camcorder. You'll, yeah. And you'll be able to see the office. And I went around to each terminal and talked to the girls and, you know, just, and you, you can see it's literally a phone. Like it's not probably, that long ago. 97 wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. I was still in college, but it wasn't that long ago. Right. Yeah. Well, you remember the phones with the cords. Like, I of mean, course. when's the last time you saw a phone with a cord that plugged into a wall? A house phone. That's what we were the using. hospital phone I, I used when Teresa exactly. Called <laughs> it looked very similar to that. It yeah. looked very, very similar to that. So yeah. um, that's what we had, and that's what we did. So yeah, it's crazy. That is something. Yeah, that really is nuts. something. Nuts. It's one of the weird. I mean, it's incredible. We're, we'll tell. Them, I, I love those stories. Those stories are are, are super fun to, to hear because it's where we are today. Versus where we were oh, yeah. <laughs> then very, very, very different. Yep. Okay. Uh, one quick one before better to book it. Let's the Daytona 500 yesterday, it it's the biggest race of the year. Okay. Yep. yep. If NASCAR wants to be in sports betting, yep. don't you think they should push this thing back and have the Daytona 500? Forget legacy, forget history, forget tradition. If you're going to grow the healthier sport and you want people betting on this, should the biggest race of the year with the biggest purse, should it be the first race of the year? That's a great question. Um, do you sacrifice all of the tradition and all the other stuff in the time of year for this? I don't know. Uh, I know that the Daytona betting is volume-wise, when it is, football just ended. Um, it's the first one. The excitement is building for the first one. I don't know when you would put it where it would work for them, but I know the handle is big because it's Daytona. Betting that race, though? Um, we were going to have a guest on, and hopefully we'll have him on again. Who, who, who's a NASCAR better? Sorry, he, yeah, <laughs> Zach understands. He's good. My fault. <laughs> he he was like, um, I don't really bet Daytona because it's so not random, but like 
one wreck every year takes out half the field of or something. And there were eight yesterday. Eight wrecks took out. It's, I mean, it's it's the big one, right? It, it's complete and total random to put money down on it. Now, I bet a four week one stinks. I yeah. I think I think it should be at the end. You know, it should build up to this. Coming with this out of the gate, it's different than any other sport. And I don't. And the like reason, it. yeah, and the reason I, I the reason why I know, I mean, it's the first Sunday without football. Okay. Yes. So people are constantly in this rhythm, rhythm and rhythm and rhythm and rhythm. And like they're betting, 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 bet. Wait, I'm, I can't bet on anything. So you get the casual. Okay. You get the random, you get the person who wouldn't bet NASCAR anyway, now betting on NASCAR. Okay. So yeah. I came in, I bet a Ford to win the race that cashed a plus 135 bet for me. Uh, I bet Christopher Bell to come into the top 10. He didn't come in top 10. So I, I went one and one, but profitable because of the plus 135 bet that I made. On, on a Ford to win the race. A Ford almost didn't, I mean, Bubba Wallace almost won the race in a, in a Toyota, but I got lucky with, or did you drive a Chevy? I can't remember what he drove, but I, I, but I was, it was like Ford, Bubba, and then five Fords. Like it was like one right. driver could screw me yeah. and he almost, almost screwed me out of that bet. But like, I, I look at it and I'm like, man, if you're going to really try to make the sport be more, and look, people, I've had this conversation with people who bet NASCAR, who love NASCAR will tell me, I don't care about you guys. I don't care about newbies. I don't care about people who are coming in. We've done this for a long time and this is how we're doing it because in the South tradition matters and we don't care about growing the sport or saving the sport. And I always come back and say, that's fine. Your sport's going to die because baseball had that same attitude for a while. And look what happened to baseball. Like if you want to be contending a big boy and I think gambling could be a monster reason. And they saw it by doing the, the the segments now with with the with the um I forget what they're calling it now um when they break the race up and there's three stage racing so you you have stage yep. racing that that that's a that's for betting I mean they say it's for millennials but no it's for betting who would say who's winning stage one who's winning stage two who's winning the race you can in game wager after someone wins stage one will they win stage two will they win right. the race so it's all set up perfectly for for gambling and frankly with how long it is and how how long it takes for a race to be to be finished, they've got to go. I mean, to me, I think you have to be more heavily involved here in betting to, to make it really successful. But Daytona is an unbelievable race. I get where it is on the calendar. I get why they like it. I just feel like your biggest race of the year, you go down the rest of the year from this. Correct. And that's not good. Yeah. I mean, it's especially because, I mean, even, uh, you know, Zeese was telling me about betting the whole series and betting the whole yeah. season and the value of it and betting. I don't mind that. I mean, that give you something to watch. I, 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 I think I may, um, I may jump in on a couple of those bets to talk about the whole season and it gives you something right. to watch. Yeah. Yes. I, don't, I don't think it's, it's that bad of a way of, of doing it, but the NASCAR season is really long. Long. It's really, so long. Really long. And that's the thing. Nine months. You, st- you start off with the Super Bowl, right. and then you work backwards. <laughs> It's if it was building up to that, it would in the be playoffs suck. Different. Let's call a spade a spade. NASCAR playoffs suck. Terrible. It's all it's comp. It's terrible. It's confusing. You know, it's 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 all it's like, oh, are you in? Are you out? Oh, OK. Did you win? Do you like it's, it's it, the playoffs? They've tried just like the PGA Tour. They've tried really hard to try to find the way to recreate what the other four sports have. And it's just convoluted and confusing and 
complicated and just not straightforward. It's, not just I win, I advance. None, they don't have that because it's, it's a full a, field. Right. And it's a it's an individual driver. I mean, it's a team sport, yes, but it's really still an individual betting sport. Yeah. You're betting on an in, not a team. So it's different. It's very hard. Um, it gives you something to do sometimes on the weekends. I never really got into it, but I, I respect the people that do. There's a real advantage to doing it. You can find very still random though. Still random. It's tough. There's some guys that are really good at this. Yeah. Like Denny, I mean, like there's certain things like Denny Hamlin and road courses and like, there's certain things you guys can look at. There's enough evidence and history where you can go through and really, if you watch it and pay attention to it. And again, these are the sports we talk about a lot where like you were tweeting about women's softball the other day about the numbers you were seeing from, you know, you guys know women's softball. Your family is locked in. You guys have a great read as to what's happening. It's a small bet market. Not a lot of money in play there. And you could take take advantage of it because the books may not be all that sharp and maybe kind of loose with some of their numbers. Same thing happens with NASCAR. If you know it and know it, know it, you you can really take advantage. You can. And there's there's certain people that do. I respect those guys, but for the most part, it's something that I don't even. Can you watch a whole race? I mean, like you lived down there for years. Can you watch a race from beginning no, to end? I told you what you I do. It. What did you call it? The best nap of the year. It's the <laughs> greatest nap of the year. I mean, it really is the best nap of the weekend, too. I mean, every Sunday, it's watch the first, you know, if it's a 200 lap race, you watch the first 25 laps, go to sleep, wake up, watch the last 40. Perfect. That's the race. That, that that's it. I mean, I, if you've bet the whole race, if you bet stage racing, then okay, fine. You may be right. more interested in watching the stage races. But right. like, for me, NASCAR is background noise. And how much do I hate the baseball slate on a Sunday? <laughs> that's what it is. If I hate the baseball slate, let me go with NASCAR. All right, that's right. fine. I'll, I'll be. Right. I'll be I'm, I'm betting on NASCAR today. But generally <laughs> speaking, I'm betting. You know, I'm betting baseball on a Sunday on. Uh, you know, in July or or June, but it's just where we are right now. I I bring it up for a couple of reasons. One, because Daytona, but two, you were mentioning what replaces baseball. NASCAR could be that thing that helps them a little bit. It could. Uh, Golf was another one. Golf golf during the the pandemic was, became a huge topic of discussion. Golf's my thing. I told you that this is going to be, be my new, my new thing. Now I'm going to be on golf betting golf yeah. playing like yes. I, i'm yeah. uh, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna like dubsy's gonna get my number like memorized i'm gonna be calling yeah. him constantly being like dude i need to let's talk where, where are we what are we doing so yeah. i i want to learn because i suck at golf betting i'm a decent golfer but i suck at golf betting and i want right. to improve in 2022 my goal is to improve upon both and try to you know be more in tune with golf because i think baseball starting late personally and yeah. that means the masters is going to have a bonkers handle Oh, in, in April, bonkers! If there's handle. no, yeah. If there's no, um, if there's no baseball to start the playoffs or the end of the regular season in the NBA will be coming to an end. Like the the Masters is going to do gigantic handle, gigantic. Bruins are up two nothing on the Avalanche. Hello, eleven to play in the second period. It's about halfway through that game, so hopefully, nice let's keep this going with the Bruins. Let's shut off the five Avalanche. to one. They're minus five hundred. Bruins are playing D. This is the thing that they're playing D at home. And and again, it's an early game. I mean, it's shame on me. I should have bet the Bruins at home. It's just like I, I looked at it. I read it right. I just bet the under. So I'm going to get hopefully one of those bets right. But I should have bet the Bruins as well. Plus money at home. 
against the Avalanche. That was that was a little. I was even watching the Avalanche pregame show, and the guys were so confident that without Brad Marchand, there's no way the Bruins were going to score. And I was like, "There's a guy named Pasternak who's really damn good on the Bruins." Yeah, he's rolling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, don't know if you know who Pasta is. I know you're on the West Coast guys, but like, yeah. they have a really good player who can score a lot of goals without Brad Marchand that they can still score on you guys, even though your yeah. defense is good. So it was a little funny to watch other teams' pregame shows, but. Anyways, let's go to better to book it. We got two plays. Hopefully that under comes in. So I'll start the day one and oh, but let's go to hockey and let's talk about Winnipeg and Calgary here. This number is six. Okay. Where I bet it. I am betting the over for Winnipeg and Calgary here. Both these teams have played consistently to the over. I know people are saying fade this when two hot over teams play the game goes under. Mm hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to bet the streak. I'm going to bet the over minus 105. I got some decent juice on it last night, but over six goals minus 105 for Winnipeg in Calgary. Are we betting or booking it? So we're going to use the same theory that you would have used in the Bruins game. Mm -hmm. It being a day game in Mm -hmm. Calgary. I'm going to book it. But it's 1 p.m. Pacific time. And these teams are both in Pacific. They're both Pacific time teams. So there's no like, in my mind, there's no hangover per se, the way that for for the Avalanche, it's 11 a.m. body time for them playing this. Oh, yeah, game. no, but it's 105 for Boston. It's it's right. It's, and it's Boston's up to nothing. So for, my point is for both these two teams, it's only a, it's afternoon. So it's not like they're playing these games, you know, in, in a weird time spot. Yeah, I. Uh, this is just again. It's the, the building's different. This yep. is just, there's no energy. I'm gonna book it. Take my shot with the under. Okay. Uh, at six, but you're right. Calgary's an over team. Winnipeg is usually an over team, but they're sometimes they get you know Hellebuck will make forty saves and they'll they'll play to the under. But the game is is just as likely to go over as it is under. I mean, it's it, it's minus one ten either side. I'll I'll book it going on the theory that it's an afternoon game. We get a little bit of a snoozer, maybe three, two, something like that. But you've got as good of a shot at winning this as you do losing it. And pushing to at six. So you've got uh first matchup was four, two jets yep. for the jets. Last five games, seven, four, nine, eight, six for goals yep. being scored for the flames. Seven, seven, eight, eight, three. They're so definitely both, an over team. Both teams are four and one to the over over their last five Four two in the first matchup, so I'm going to keep with that trend and go with the over. One college basketball game to get your take on. Oh I have been looking and searching for home dogs. I've got a public favorite on the road with major injuries. Still, I've been talking about fading Baylor here. Oklahoma State at home, catching four and a half points against Baylor. I know Okie State's not been great to the number Baylor either, but their last three home games, they have won and looked pretty good doing it. They're two and one ATS. They're three and oh straight up in their last three home games. I just think this Okie State team keeps the game close. Oklahoma State plus four and a half at home against Baylor, betting it or booking it. Oh, man. This team's got me stymied too. Um, this is the right side, but. I'm going to book it. I'm going to say that Baylor needs to get going. Baylor needs to – all eyes are on them. And 
just based on the fact that Oklahoma State has disappointed me personally in the last couple of games that I've had them. I'm just, this is kind of an anger play, kind of. I'm going to go against them because I know I'm going to take them and they're not going to cover. So I'm going to let you win this one. I'm going to book it. I'm going to take Baylor minus four and a half. Oklahoma State can win this basketball game, can they not? 100%. 3 0. Oak, uh, Baylor is 1 and 2 straight up over their last two road games, and they have not looked good on the road because they're getting everybody's best shot and they're down three starters. So, Baylor's known for their depth, but they're missing three really good players. And they lost at Texas Tech. They lost at Kansas. They won at Kansas State. But this is another road game where, I mean, o- Oklahoma State beat West Virginia. They beat Oklahoma. They beat Kansas State in overtime. Yep. Uh, I, I just think this is one of those rocking home court environments for Okie state. You mentioned who needs it. They're 13 and 13 and six and eight in conference. Oh, wow. Like they they're desperate to too. Okay. Ooh. They're desperate. Baylor is 10 and four in the big 12. They're in the dance. It's just a matter of what seed are they going to get? And can they be healthy right. by the time the tournament begins? Right. So they don't really need it. They're most likely not going to win a big 12 regular season ter- uh, championship here. So no, I, I, I think that they're kind of, you know, I think the hungrier team is actually the Cowboys. Under? Sounds like under to you. 138 and a half is low, though. 138 and a half is woof. I don't know. Yeah, but this this the way you just kind of described the way the game should play out. Yep. I think um, I'm under and the dog I'm fine with. I just would rather take the plus four and a half. Right. Number has not moved. Number is stuck. Opened at five. First move was the four and a half, and it stopped. Right. Yeah. So... Again, probably would be surprised to see this game fall three, four, or five, right? Yep. That's Agreed. if Baylor wins or Oklahoma State just wins outright. Although you saw the importance yesterday uh, with your Creighton team, oh. the game falling one. How is it? I mean, it's impossible that it does and then it does. And you're just like, how did that just happen? Because a kid takes a three for nothing and they just don't care and he hits it and, and just like, <laughs> I didn't even see it. I didn't even see the three. Saw the final score. A clip. Yeah, I and I went back and I was like, how the heck? So I was going through the actual play-by-play. Six seconds left, three. I was like, what the holy hell? Yeah. Like some kid hit a three with seconds, like six seconds left. Like they're yeah. up by four. They're recovering. We were good. And then, I mean, I'll Uncon- take the win. Uncontested from like 38 feet. Some just way out. They just heaved it up. Ugh, it kills it. me. Just, I should have bet money line. I mean, it just. I mean, it was, Brutal. you know, minus 135 versus minus 110. So it was more expensive to bet it, but I should just yeah. bet the money line. It's just <laughs> losing the hook like that killed me. It caused a losing day. I would have had a flat day down juice from two and two down the juice would have been fine. Instead, I'm, you know, I'm going to get a losing day out of it and going one and three on that shot. But I'm just going to say this, and this is a biased person talking, but Greg McDermott should be getting Big East Coach of the Year consideration, and he really isn't. But how the hell are the Jays going to be a tournament team? He's got a D2 kid in Ryan Hawkins. He's got three true freshmen that he's playing in the starting five. And this team's right now tied for third in the Big East. They were picked ninth in the conference preseason. And right now they're on the bubble. They were on before the win over Marquette. They were the first, first, sorry, sorry, last four in, according to Lenardi. So, and now they went over Marquette, a team they're banging with to get an at-large bid. And they may be comfortably in right now. How the hell? Like this coach Max does some good things, but this year, holy crap, the coaching yeah. job that guy's doing this year is unbelievable. 
It's impressive. I mean, <laughs> we were talking about that amongst everything else we were talking about over the weekend, and you were telling me that. I didn't realize the the expectations were so low. This was um, a suck. This is this yeah. was a rebuild year. This was like, yeah. you know, we're gonna get our teeth kicked in left and right, and. Right just take our medicine because we graduated and lost a bunch of players off last year's team. Last year's team was the one that was supposed to be the big splash. And then they missed the big East tournament and everything else that kind of went into that with all the nonsense that happened with COVID. So this year it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's been a fun year. We didn't play the tournament last year, right? My, my memory is not right. No, the The year before. Year before no, they didn't Baylor, play the tournament. Baylor won the tournament. Baylor won it all. Right, right, right. So it was two years ago that yeah. it was supposed to be the the, the, yeah. the team that they missed out. But then yeah, they how long were you in the hospital? My goodness, you just forgot about the whole tournament last year. I did. I mean, this dude, COVID's all messed, it's all a blur. <laughs> like what what year was what? When was the bubble? <laughs> we were in the bubble last year for the playoffs in the NBA, right? Last year's all-star game was with no fans, right? Correct. Okay. So just like there's a lot of weird things that like only a year ago happened. It was two years ago. It felt like we missed the whole tournament, but like, yep. so we played last year's NCAA tournament in just Indianapolis, right? One, one location, right? Uh, see, even you got to remember, so. see, I don't, see, I don't see? remember where they see the it was one I place. I watched the final at the Westgate. I it was, was in Indianapolis watch. with select fans. Remember they had to bounce around all over the city. Oh yeah. 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 Right. You know, select fans, friends and family were allowed in. Yeah, it was all wonky and weird. Yeah, that was. Hopefully, we'll never have to do that again. Man. Please, no. Two to one Bruins now with six Uh-oh. to play in the second period. Yeah, it's getting Uh-oh. a little bit sweaty. That might be sweaty. So we gotta get. We need the Bruins to get the next goal to go up three one and then take a three two final. So that's, that's the end game. To, oh, it's three one. Bruins scored again. All right, I'm cool with that. It's three one. Second period, five minutes to go to total in game total seven and a half right now. Yeah, it might be dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Third be period. Weird. Yeah, that was hopefully that might be good. Happen. Oh, look at that. Please one no. Bruins. Two to one Bruins now with six Uh-oh. to play in the second period. Yeah, it's getting Uh-oh. a little bit That might be that was odd, right? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. That was a new little trick. You, Matt was trying to give us the, the live chat and then it gave it us. We were on the flip back. Nice. <laughs> Hearing ourselves come back. All right, guys. Uh Thank you for everyone again who wrote such nice messages. Hopefully that won't ever happen again. We apologize for being off on Friday, but there was just no way I was doing. I was in the hospital, so we were doing the show on Friday. It wasn't out till Saturday, but it was super cool for everyone who DM'd, wrote, wrote nice messages. I tried to respond to everybody on Twitter. It got a little crazy there for a bit. So hopefully I got to as many people as I could, or your response, or DMs, or whatever else you guys sent me. Um, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, I, I, some people were funny. Chris Andrews from the from the South Point was in Mexico saying like, what the hell is going on with you? And why am I having to hear about you almost dying? I'm on vacation. What the right. hell's up? Are you okay? And it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. He's like, all right, man. He's like, I want to hear the whole story, but like, I don't want to hear that you're dying. You're going to die when I get back. Like, this is not going to be okay. I was like, right. I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. So I do, I, I do appreciate all the nice words. And obviously again, for you and Jess to come in and spend the most time you guys were there. It was really, it meant the world to me. So really thank you for you guys uh, for, for doing that. He's Dave. I'm Matt. Subscribe to what, our YouTube what, channel. We're not what? doing the best thing about Oh, today? sorry. Favorite thing I forgot. Sorry. Favorite thing about today. I forgot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Thank you. See, I, I'm off the show. I'm off, I'm off rhythm for one day. So there we go. I have it written down. Well, favorite thing best. about today is what? Favorite thing about today is the show. We get to yeah. do the show. We did, we, we, you know, you broke the streak with the Daily Juice. 770 and, consecutive days busted. And it's fine. It's it fine. is fine, it's, but it's still it's my Ripken streak. It's still my. Listen. Oh. 
Cal took a day off. You were actually contemplating Thursday night. You're like, I should do the juice. And I'm like, stop talking right now. You're not doing the juice. Don't worry about the I did it last time. Tomorrow. I, I, felt, I know you did. I felt way worse this time. Yes. That's like, why I was I, like, I, all I right, don't do way, the juice. Way yeah, worse. You're going to mess it up and, and you're going to have bad picks. Then you're going to get more aggravated. Shut it down. So you did. But listen, you're here. We're doing the show. My favorite thing about today, I couldn't wait. I was like, sometimes I... I have too many things or I can't think of something. I'm like, well, my favorite thing about today is easy. We're doing the show because we didn't do the show on Friday. Thanks to Farah for, for, for producing. But like he was texting, are we doing a show today? I'm like, yeah, right. we didn't tell him. Eh. That was my, that was my bad. You were sitting, listen, you, I came to see you. I dropped Jess off at work Friday morning and I came right to the hospital to hang out in the morning. And you're like, wait, are you doing a show today? I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about? The three point shootout and all this other stuff. While you're sitting here and I don't know if you're feeling good. I would have been distracted. So I'm like, no, we're not doing the show. So thanks for being one. Okay. Two, not worrying about doing the show and three, doing the show today. It's all good with me. Yeah. For me, uh, my favorite thing about today is that my daughter gets to see her cousins for another two days. They came in. Uh, I, my kid, I've, I've actually not seen her this happy. Like she's, she is, uh, she didn't see family all that often. So this is my, I, my mom got remarried. So like my, I have a 29, 27 and 22 brother, sister, two brothers and a sister. So they're not there yet with life and getting like siblings. My brother's 42 from my, we have the same dad and same mom. And he has two kids and one is four years older than Maddie and one is 15, much older than Madeline. But like, she thinks they hang the moon. So yeah. to have, to have them around and just to let them talk. I mean, Madeline today woke up, they're coming here at noon today and it was seven 30. And she said, how many hours is it until they come here? And I was like, yeah. Maddie, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing a countdown every hour for you. Like, but just her excitement and having the day off from school and having them be here. And I'm trying to convince my brother, have you ever done the drive from Denver to Omaha? Have you ever done that? Me? Yeah. No, it's the worst drive in America. And he sounds like you should go. He's, he's going back to New England. Like from here, they're driving back to New England, but they're going to go through, they're going to go to Moab and then they're going to go through Denver. Oh. And he's like, he's like, I want to see the Rockies. And I'm like, this is a really bad idea, Ben. I was like, this is, you have Not a large a for this. Trevor trailer. You want to go through the Rocky mountains in February. Not like, not a good idea. And I'm like, he's like, well, we always go back with the Southern route and we want to, we want to see Colorado and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you might see a lot of Colorado, meaning you might be there for like a week. <laughs> like yeah. you, you might get stuck in an overpass on a, on a mountain pass. You might, I'm like, right. what are you doing? And I'm like, have you ever driven from Denver? Like once you get outside of Denver, Denver to Lincoln is horrific. It is a six hour nothing fest where storms can pop up out of nowhere. Whiteout conditions. You can't see the road. You can't see where you're going. Like it is no way. And he's a stubborn SOB. And he's like, this is my navigation Tuesday morning. We're doing it. And I'm like, okay, I want you to call me after this and tell me how it went. Cause my guess is you're going to say, what the hell are we do that for? Should have just gone through Texas. Yeah. Like you just go across, you go through New Mexico, go through Texas, you go up to Tennessee, you get on 95, you go up the East coast in your home, like done. done. He Simple. wants to do Denver, Omaha, Chicago, Cleveland home. This is not the time of year to be doing this. Especially with the polar vortex thing. Have you seen our weather tomorrow? You see what we're going to do with tomorrow morning? I don't even want to talk about it. I do Ooh. not want to talk about what's coming. I'm glad we don't have practice. We're dark right now. Oh, but there you go. I saw the weather and I was like, wait a second. 
You told me we were done with winter. I thought we were, and we we're, are. We're not even close to being done. It's going to be freezing here. The low is 28 Correct. degrees. After, so so it's, it, tomorrow we're going to get a lot of wind today, a lot of wind tomorrow, and then Wednesday we go 35, 30, 28 for the low for the rest of the week. Now the highs aren't bad. The highs are 53, 57, 62 by the, by the it's end of the like, weekend. It's 53 degrees for like an hour yeah, in those the sun, days though. Right, when the, the sun's up. Blowing. It's like, boom, the high today was 53. Yeah, it was like that for literally 48 minutes. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's 28 degrees in the morning until the sun comes up and then it gets to like 34. Yep. I'm not complaining about the weather, but I know what's coming on. The I degrees. am. What do you mean? I am. I'll complain like crazy. Yeah. That's my least favorite thing about today is that we, we know what's coming. The weather's going to be here. It's going to be horrible very, very soon. Stinks. All right. Now, like I say, goodbye. He is Dave. I'm Matt. We're back tomorrow for another edition. Like us on Twitter at Boston versus the book. Subscribe to the YouTube channel for props.com. So you never miss another Bostonian versus the book.